welcome to the first episode of the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and with me today is Matt Chamberlain. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing fantastic. Episode one. It's good. We've been kicking around this idea for some time now, and now that we're actually doing it, I'm super excited. It's, it's at the perfect time, start of the season. It's actually a thing. I'm borderline surprised, but I'm all in for this. <laughs> it's it's exciting. We're going to do a season preview today, which is really hard to do with the NBA because it just ebbs and flows so much. Like, who actually knows what's going to happen at the end of the season? Like, our picks could be totally... Like, who picked that Kawhi wouldn't have played yeah. hardly but, like, yeah. three games in 2017? Come back in eight months, listen to this, and have a nice laugh about <laughs> what we thought was right. I mean, in a year that contained a NBA GM, his wife tweeting out medical information about players that... I'm not, I'm not sure what else is going to happen, but I'm excited because... I mean, what What in the world? Like, there's nothing else I think can happen, but I'm sure the NBA will will help us out with that breaking news yeah. at some point this year. I'm really excited for this because NBA is one of the most, like, ever-changing leagues ever. Um, and, and it's great. Like, the beefs, everything's great about it. I'm excited to do a weekly podcast with you, Matt. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get started off. Our first um, section of this preview is going to be uh, teams that take a step forward and t- teams that take a step back, uh, and then we'll get into season awards and then go into playoffs. So uh, let's start with teams that take a step forward. Matt, why don't you get us started off? And we broke this up into East and West. We each picked one team. So, um, yeah, Matt, get us going. Do you want me to go West first or East first? Let's go East first. All right. So my step forward team, and I'm not sure why I'm this confident in them, but I'm just really feeling it. Let's go Charlotte. (laughs) It seems like in Charlotte, when you get a new head coach, you're guaranteed to win 45 games. I don't know why. It seems like no other coach in the East, let's exclude Brad Stevens for a moment and probably round two, seems to know how to adjust. So Charlotte getting a new coach, it's going to take the rest of the conference. I've bet in 20, 30 games to kind of figure out how James Borrego, new head coach in Charlotte, came over from the San Antonio staff, how he wants to play. Maybe they get off to a good start. I wouldn't be totally shocked if first 30 games, Charlotte comes out of the gate 18 and 12. And then from there, in the East, if you have six games up and 50 (laughs) games to go, I mean, you can go back to being Charlotte from last year and still probably make the playoffs. That's like a million-dollar margin. I know. Six six games over. Like, I'm I'm just going to feel confident in them. And also, like, I have here a few notes on what I really like. First of all, I think Kimba has something to prove. I don't think he loved having his name on the trade block. And he's one of those dudes who says he's committed to Charlotte. He wants to be here. I think he's also a man who wants to get paid pretty heavily yeah. pretty soon. I think he's going to come out with something to prove. And then we talked about James Borrego. And my number three most important thing is Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges, the rookie out of Michigan State. That dude has shown something in the preseason. I, it's preseason, but come on. Like. I'm here for preseason hype. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm here for it. But Miles Bridges... There are dudes who come into Summer League, come into the preseason, and just look like they don't belong. 
every year there's one or two rookies. I'm not saying he's Jason Tatum. I'm not saying he's Donovan Mitchell. That's not fair to Miles Bridges. But he looked like he was better than 95% of the dudes on the court with him. I'm going to take that guy who already has an NBA body and looks like he is at least good enough at getting to the basket, finishing inside, in traffic, and can knock down some free throws. I'm cool with that. And then if he can get a nice corner three, Kimba kicking out, Malik Monk in theory can spread the floor. I like he the showed, potential. He, he showed some stuff there at the end of last season. Like, it wasn't meaningful games for the Hornets. No, 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 no. But he did come out and score, like, 20 points a couple times. And, it, like, that's nothing to... If Malik Monk can get on the floor, have consistent minutes and a consistent role, and know his job, I think that can space the floor, along with the guys like Jeremy Lamb. If those guys know their role, if James Borrego is very clear in what he wants, and Kimba is the clear leader on this team, Miles Bridges can kind of float around, be a switchy defender, and kind of surprise some people, and maybe that hard work, that effort, I love, I'm here for the grit. <laughs> Wins him an extra couple games. Yeah, I mean it Why did not? with Indiana last year. Like they put, they were one of the hardest playing teams in the league last year, and I mean it got them in the s- east to seven with the Cavs. So like say, in the east, that can to... get you a long way. In yeah. the west, kind of a different story. It can keep you in. In the east, that can push you into the playoffs yeah. by a pretty decent margin. So I know this is how we're starting off this podcast with <laughs> the Charlotte takes. hype. Hot but takes. Get Michael Jordan in here for an interview please <laughs> uh yeah i think he'll decline permanently have you called him yet not yet but All right. uh next week next week not promising anything but we'll see so you'll what? have to listen listen back all right so who's your step forward to okay so this kind of i feel like i'm taking the cheap way out with this one but i'm going with the milwaukee bucks here okay. because one they've been like middle to like last in the east for the last couple seasons and it's time for them to take a step like they they went out and got brooke lopez in free agency i like that uh it's a good move they got a really good coach maybe a top four coach in the east which isn't that oh, hard in the to east? see i would say that for sure like not i if, thought you were gonna say in the league no no no, no. <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not hot take charlotte over here <laughs> uh and I think I think the that system's going to benefit Giannis quite a bit. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about that. It's kind of been written a lot about already. Uh, and I'm getting on the hype train. I'm here for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think they're going to take a step this year um, and finally kind of be in that top echelon of the East where we consider, like, the Bostons, the Torontos, the uh, Philadelphias, Torontos. Yeah. I, I, know, I know that's a tough one to swallow because, like, I thought that for the last two years. Yeah, that's and the thing. And they haven't quite got there. That's the thing. They've just kind of, like, been middle of the road. But I think, like, everything I've seen from Giannis, like, he's done nothing but work. Like, I saw, uh, I think it was an article or maybe a series of tweets about him showing up, like, two hours before yeah. working out with Kobe Bryant. Like, the dude takes his craft seriously. I and I... At some point, that hard work has to show off on on the court in season games. I know, and well, he's clutch already. Yeah, this is my problem, and I love Giannis, and we're going to talk about more on him later. It's what else can he do that significantly raises this team up? Right, because like you have some nice players around him, like Eric Bledsoe. He, 
he didn't play well in the playoffs. No, like he played, no. he didn't play really well at all last season. Scary Terry. <laughs> when a guy's getting roasted out there on the floor, and you say, "What's his name?" Like, come on, guy. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think Eric Bledsoe could really bring something else to this team. Yeah. He's a, he could help space the floor. Chris Middleton is Love another him. another really nice piece. Um, it, there's just some nice uh, Jabari's not on this team anymore who apparently some, was a locker room issue so some addition by subtraction there yeah so I mean like you really can't can you get much worse I mean outside of barring knock on wood uh, injury for Giannis like yeah. I feel like this team has nowhere else to go but take a step forward I guess I, they've managed to kind of stay put the last couple but I'm I think they will be better yeah I, I consider them for the step forward just because someone has to. Right. Cleveland obviously going to fall off. Right. So someone has to step up. I'm not saying on mine Charlotte's going to elevate to the four no. seed by any means, but I don't know how Milwaukee goes from this four to six range. To me, step forward is into the top three, but I can see it if you're saying solidifying as the four, yeah. and that then closes so, the first tier in the East. I could understand that, that as a step forward. That's what I'm... That's yeah. That's exactly what I'm going for there. Okay. Is it's not. I don't. I debated about them. I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe they could crack the top three, depending on what Toronto does, and if Kawhi's, if Kawhi, like the the new coach Nick Nurse there could not, like he could not be. Uh, uh, any uh, amount of things could go wrong. Well, in, he, in Toronto, he was so good for them last year as an assistant, but running a team is, is completely different. different, and he's done it in different leagues, but not the NBA before. So you're right. This could be significantly different. And then having quality assistant coaches, Greg Popovich has preached on this for years, is having quality assistants. Brad Stevens has preached on this. Who knows what he's going to have in Toronto to really work with, considering he's not a part of just that small staff anymore. He's taken over. It's a good point. Because if Kawhi isn't Kawhi... And Kyle Lowry's kind of voiced his opinion about that whole DeMar thing and how that went down. If he's unhappy and he's in the back half of his career, he's 30-plus now. Yeah, he is. And if he doesn't perform, I I don't know. It's kind of an interesting scenario in the East. Uh, and the Bucks could just say, "Okay, now we're the new Toronto this yeah. season." That which could is, happen. Which is fine. I mean, Toronto's kind of got a bad rap because of them getting bounced every single <laughs> year by Cleveland. But they were a respectable basketball program. Kyle Lowry's thirty-two, by the way. He's th- okay. Yeah. So I thought he. Yeah, I thought Still he was thirty-three, but not great. Still, but I mean. I get that the jump point. shot's not doing anything it for him looks, at this point. It does not look like a 32-year-old in his prime on a big-time contract. Right. So I definitely get that thought. I'm cool with that. Do you want to go ahead with your West? Yeah, I'll go with my West. I'll, we'll zigzag this. Um, so this is not a playoff team for me. Mm, I like this. Um, but I think they're going to take a big step forward is the uh, – uh, Dallas Mavericks. Mm, I, yes, I, I really like what the. I love the draft pick. Luka Doncic going out and getting Luka is so smart. He's looked so good in this preseason, and I think it was Rachel Nichols. I sent this tweet to you, Matt, but yeah. it was like, who knew Luka was going to be this good? Except of all the film of Luka being this Everyone, good, three <laughs> one except Atlanta. Atlanta just for some reason I don't know the mail must have got lost. Sacramento, Atlanta. Phoenix. I don't yeah. know why Phoenix didn't take him number one. Like uh, Josh this, Jackson. 
this is going to be like beaten to death, but like a center's not winning you a championship in this NBA. No. Like I, you can have a good center and win an NBA championship, but that's not what's going to get you there and put you over the top. Right. Not saying Luca ever will get Dallas to that point, but Dallas, if you had Dallas as the number one pick and you said Luca or Aiton, knowing DeAndre Jordan might not be a thing for Dallas. Right. If you just weren't considering DeAndre Jordan, Dallas still, I feel I like, like had to have gone Doncic. Yeah. You don't draft a center one that I think Aiden's a good player and he will probably make a couple all-star games, but he will never elevate Dallas to the level they want no. to get to, knowing what they typically like to go out for in free agency. Right. Doncic will help them. Well, that's the thing. In this NBA, like you have a, a guard-forward combo who can handle the ball, who can shoot, who can um, play that point guard position, essentially. Mm-hmm. And like... I think that's more valuable, and like I think that's going to be an interesting fit. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is interesting. Yes, I like. I was it. hoping you'd get there soon. That like it's just an interesting team. It's a little bit. It's like a younger roster, kind of, and I, I like. I, I like it. I mean, there's some older guys like Dirk and uh, Wes Matthews. Yeah, Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, but I think that young team, like that veteran presence, will help a lot of these young guys kind of get to that, get to winning quicker and I think that'll gain momentum that for them in the next couple of seasons. I would say Dirk and Luca kind of have that international you don't want to just throw that out there but it seems like that actually kind of is a thing for these guys I want to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. real quick because yeah. <laughs> one he's one of the most fun players to watch. Dude can fly. He's also one of the most frustrating players to watch because yes. he just and maybe it was the team last year and I think this is more of what it was he was just chucking for so much it felt like. Yeah I mean like what was around him like Wes Matthews and his old legs. Yeah, like, I'll say Harrison Barnes tries to be an ISO guy. That's not really a flowy type dude that Dennis Smith Jr. can play well with. I feel like Dennis Smith Jr. wants pick and roll. Right. And they have Dirk, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber out there. Like yeah. Those are, aren't guys that are tailor-made Dennis Smith Jr. Right. So drafting Luka, getting DeAndre Jordan, those guys help. And something... I love listening to Zach Lowe because the podcast, he, yeah. he brings up so many good points and he's so well researched. This thing he brought up and then also some others uh, I've been listening to lately have been br- bringing up. Dennis Smith Jr. chucked a lot. No, no doubt right. about it. He pulled up from three way too much because Rick Carlisle does want to shoot threes. Right. He's an older coach, but he understands the importance of shooting threes. Dennis Smith Jr. shot 27% last year on pull-up three-pointers. Not great. (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) Dennis Smith Jr. on catch-and-shoot three-pointers, 37%. That's really good. That is above average. Luka Doncic is another ball handler. Yeah. Harrison Barnes, if you can get him to buy in as someone who likes to have the ball in his hands, that helps too. Right. Wes Matthews is towards the end of his career. And he's pretty locked into Dallas because I don't know if anyone's trading for Wes Matthews. I would have to imagine no one's going out and saying, I need Wes Matthews. I hope not. Goodness. (laughs) If he's on the floor and he is willing to be smart enough to say, I can handle the ball, but my job is either catch and shoot or swing it around. 
that makes Dennis Smith Jr. a better player just by changing the mindset of a lot of those players right. or getting players in there that fit the mindset that Rick Carlisle is looking for. Right. I very much agree with this Dallas idea you got. And, and the nice thing about this Dallas team is they're not going to make the playoffs in the West. So yeah. they're going to get another lottery pick. So they're going to get more help next yeah. season, even though we think this draft is going to be kind of thin. Who knows? I, I, I just think it's Dallas is in a really interesting spot, and they can really swing their franchise yeah. back around to a very competitive team. Yeah. Um, it'll take a couple years, but they can get there very easily. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's go with. I want to hear your West pick. My West pick for step forward, Denver. Okay. So one, I'm very much on the Nikola Jokic train. Yeah, the dude's very a freaking baller. On this. He is the best passing big man. And I know we just talked a little bit about how DeAndre Aiden isn't a dude who can lead you to a championship. I'm not sure Nikola Jokic can lead you to a championship. Mm -hmm. But Nikola Jokic has an offensive game that is more tailored to the current NBA than Aiden. Aiden can post you up. Jokic can, but I'm much more comfortable with Jokic in the high post, pick and pop, Mm -hmm. rolling, Stopping at about the free throw line, catching the pass, and kicking to the corner. Right. Finding Gary Harris. Finding Jamal Murray. I like how well he sees the floor, and I think if Denver is willing to, it sounds weird to say, give him the keys to their offense, right. still let Jamal Murray kind of figure things out as an off-ball guy, this team, we already know, can score. If they can take a step defensively, yeah, they barely miss the playoffs. Half game and Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota is going to be off this year. Who knows? What, who knows what's going on with them? So a step forward for them is finally making the playoffs. Yeah, why not? Yeah, this is kind of where I'm at with Denver. Maybe you get something out of Porter Jr. Maybe you get some out of it. Maybe not. To be honest, anything for me from them is a bonus. Yeah. So if it needs to rest until February. Cool. If Porter Jr. is not ready to go until March, that's fine. I'm cool with that because I think what they already have isn't bad. Mm-hmm. And then by clearing out guys like Wilson Chandler, Kenneth Fareed, Darrell Arthur this summer, it helps those other guys already there know you have a position on this team. You have a role. It's no longer a wishy-washy situation. Right. So those dudes like Trey Lyles, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Paul Millsap, who missed a lot of time, I think they know much more what Denver expects out of them and will be able to produce. Something I really like also about this Denver team taking a step forward, Paul Millsap doesn't miss a lot of games. Mm -mm. Last year he did. I'm betting on that not happening again. And well, he's in a contract year, too, that's what right? I'm well, 2019-2020 is a team option mm. for Paul Millsap. So, kind of. He's getting paid a lot of money yeah. right now. He has to prove he's worth that contract. Maybe he goes out, does well. Denver still renounces him, but someone else will pay him. Pick him up. It's essentially a contract year for Paul Millsap. I'm all in on this Denver team making the playoffs. We'll talk about later 
how high I think I'll get. <laughs> but for right now, I'll just give you that teaser. Denver making, making stepping the up into the playoffs. Um, yeah, you're absolutely spot on with the... If they can figure on the defensive end, like, it's, it's a lock. Like, Something. It, like, it's just like, it has to get better because they're so... <laughs> they were not good last year. Again, kind of like the point you were mentioning before. How much worse can it get? Right. Like, there's only up from here. <laughs> right. So, I'm betting on if Denver can be the... 20th best defensive team in the league, the 17th best right. defensive team in the league. To go along with a top five offense, why not? Outstorm. Why not make the Why not make the playoffs? Capitalize on your games against the Kings, against right. the Suns, against the Lakers when LeBron's out, when Golden State is just cruising in the middle of January. Right. Take advantage of those games. I think they will this year. I'm all in on Denver. Yeah, I like Denver. That's a good pick. That's a fun pick. They also have great uniforms, too. <laughs> this new navy blue thing they got going on, I'm kind of for it. I hope they bring back some rainbow throwbacks. Yeah. Though. Let's get that, and then I will personally go become a minority owner. <laughs> we, we have to uh, do a podcast topic on like best uniforms in the yes, league, because that, that, would, that would be fantastic. Okay, uh, now that we're done with... Uh, Teams that take a step forward. That was fun. Um, teams that take a step back. Uh, you you go with the East first again. East first. Well, to me, this one's a no-brainer. And this is a team that has long caused my favorite team, the Celtics, just some headaches. <laughs> but this team that I think is going to take a step back is the definition of dysfunction. Let's go, Washington. Oh, let's, okay. <laughs> let's I, I see. I thought you were going another direction. Okay. Let's see this fully implode everywhere. Man, so, Scott Brooks has to be real careful. Oh, this he, year. Is, he is on my list of what is going to go wrong. Not <laughs> of what might go wrong, what is going to go wrong. He wasn't first, though. My number one, and this is a player that I loved to watch. Emphasis on loved to watch. <laughs> Past tense. Dwight Howard. Man, I, you forget that he's on the Washington Wizards. He is and then a you thing. think, how how like how bad can that locker room chemistry oh. get? Like Bradley Beal and John it's public that Bradley Beal and John Wall don't like each other. Yeah. He's and frustrated. Adding to John Wall to or excuse me, Dwight Howard to that is not gonna make anything better. Like Marcin Gortat <laughs> was publicly <laughs> Just was trashing, trashing John Wall last year. That's unheard. Like that was buried between, like beneath all of these crazy NBA yeah, storylines because of how good the, some of the rookies were. But like, that's unheard of. Of a player publicly saying, "Yeah, we're better without one of our best players." Yep, I was the guy who you're paying forty million dollars a year for. Like, I know Marcin Gortat has his deficiencies. I'm I'm not saying like Marcin Gortat, Gortat was this great player that the Washington Wizards needed and it just didn't work. He was fine. He he is a capable starting center, especially in the Eastern Conference. He knew he knew his role and he executed. Yeah, he did it. For what he was, he did it and he did it well. He was worth his contract, only about like twelve million dollars a year. Yep. That's fine. Dwight Howard for five million dollars a year, I think is what he signed to. Okay. His statistic his statistical production will make the contract value of $5 million worth it. I think that is true. Yeah. It's the everything else. And yeah. this is what you can't put a price on. Well, I guess 
they did put a price on it. <laughs> it was twenty five, almost twenty five million dollars, and now it's more like five. So someone can't put a price on that. Dwight Howard is. I'm not going to say he's the ultimate cause of what blows this up, but man, he is. This is bad timing. Yeah. I don't think when there's already pressure on Scott Brooks, there's already pressure on John Wall to earn his contract. Brad Beal is publicly frustrated. This was not the time to bring in Dwight Howard. If you wanted to make a big splash to really shake this stuff up and maybe one last let's go for it, it wasn't this offseason. It should have been last offseason, if anything. Or you waited out, see if this team can do it without Gortat. Was that just the problem? I don't think it was, but they could have at least shown that and then gone and done something. They just kind of went into this, looked like head first with their eyes closed. Yeah. And it's not going to work out. That seems like every like uh, Washington DC area team, like it yeah. just seems like they just like close their eyes and throw like darts <laughs> at a dartboard. Like you guys don't even know what you're doing. I totally agree. I I, I think that's an interesting point. When I was uh, picking, picking my playoff teams I was like I feel like I'm missing a team and it was the Washington Wizards and I didn't even like oh, realize yeah. it's not even like I I think they'll make the playoffs I don't oh I think they'll do too but I think Washington being in the conversation as a top four top five team which they have been for the last few years they they've, were they've top been, three a couple yeah. seasons ago right? and they've been in the conversation for a while now I think they are fully out of that conversation as a top four, top five team in the Eastern Conference. And they're going to be teams that don't have as much talent as them that are going to have a better record than Washington will because they know what they're doing. They play as a team. (laughs) They understand every person's role. Also, I'm going to throw this out there real quick. So John Wall had an interview, I think, after practice uh, the other day, and a local reporter asked him about... You know, what do you say to the critics who say you maybe go and party a little too much? You, you're not in here two hours early like Giannis. You're not in here quite as early. You're not here with your team all the time working out, working on your jump shot. It's just been a long documented problem. His response, I'm a grown man. I can do what I want. <laughs> yeah, you are, John Wall. You're a grown man making $40 million or so a year. You're also a man who's going to be balanced from the first round of the playoffs. Every again, single uh, year. Again. So get your stats. Get your points. Probably have a lot of assists, too, because Brad Bill will knock down some shots. Dwight Howard will catch lobs. Have fun sitting on the couch. Yeah. I mean, like, that. man, that's some... <laughs> Come be a part- grade A trash talk coming from Come Celtics. Come be a fan. part of the Couch GM podcast, John Wall. <laughs> That's uh, man. Uh, that I like. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Like the wiz- Wizards are. They're in that middle of the NBA where you just don't want to be. No, you don't. And they were drafting in the middle of the draft. They had Troy Brown. Nice player. I like Troy Brown coming out of Oregon. He's a tall guard forward combo. He's about six foot seven. Can really handle the ball. Has no jump shot. Do they need another person who's going to take the ball out of John Wall's hands? Or look at it the way it's actually going to go. John Wall's not going to give the ball to and won't let have the ball. And then can't space the floor. And then can't space the floor. And what? He'll cut. So, cool. Kelly Oubre, Dwight Howard, Jan Mahimi, <laughs> Troy Brown will all just be chilling in the lane. And John Wall's like, well, I can't shoot from this far. So, yeah. Tell me how this works out. Um, again, prove me wrong. Like, I hope Washington can actually become everything they say they're going to be. Yeah. 
I'm done believing it, though. Yeah. I, I, I have... A- yeah, I have a hard time with just because of every it, like it's kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers in football this year. Like they just like kind of blew up and, talent out the wazoo. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's going to work on the field on the court. Right, doesn't necessarily lead to wins. Might put up points, doesn't necessarily get wins. You might make playoffs, and maybe that's all the owners care about: making the first round of playoffs and yeah. getting all the ticket sales. Yep. I don't know. Um, okay. I'll, I'll go ahead and give you mine because uh, it's obvious. And I, this is where I thought you were going with it. Okay. I, I was So, the Cavaliers. Like, yeah. I, it's, it's pretty obvious. Like, the best player in the world leaves your team, you're going to have a serious fall-off. I like their draft pick in uh, Colin Sexton. Yes. I, I love that draft pick. The dude out of Alabama, he has that, like, it factor. Like, the Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. like... It's me versus everyone else, and I'm going to yeah. make sure that that rim feels this dunk <laughs> yes. 10 seconds before I even put it down. Um, I kept re-signing Kevin Love, okay. Fine. Uh, okay. Sure. Like, you're trying to sell jersey. Like, I get it. You're trying to sell jersey. You're just trying to get fans in the seats. You don't want post-LeBron where you don't have anybody. You're, yeah. you're kind of, like, unknown in the future. Um, I don't know. I, I just... Uh, I don't know if they make the playoffs. I don't. I wouldn't bet on it. I don't. I, I like, would not feel comfortable putting any amount of money on the Cleveland Cavaliers to make the NBA playoffs. Like I just think they're 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 just not good enough. Like you look at the East and the like. I just don't see where they fit. Like maybe the eight seed, maybe. And especially, especially if uh, Miami come come. There's some news today. I'm sure as this podcast will nah. come out, the the news will change, and he'll be on this team. But Jimmy Butler uh, going to the Miami f- talks fell through. Um, but if those talks come back up and he gets traded to Miami, Miami's significantly better mm-hmm. than it. They they were better a couple seasons ago when they not better than Cavs with LeBron. Let me yeah. be clear. Uh, they they were really good when everyone was healthy. Dion Waiters, Goran Drogic, um Josh Richardson. Josh like that wow, team. Josh Richardson. That team's fun. Uh, and you add Jimmy Butler to that mix and it, it's a pretty good defensive mm-hmm. team with some length and some ability to score. Um, I just don't see I just don't see the Cavs making playoffs. I don't. And I think that they'll have a big fall off. And that's really not a big surprise and I won't beat it to death anymore because there's not much more to no, say, I don't I'm, think. LeBron is obviously the best player in the league. Right. Best player of the last five years. If you just put that together, you're not going to replace that. And the fact that, I mean, you don't trade LeBron, but, like, you got nothing in return right. for LeBron. There's no way you can make up for that in one offseason, especially with the contracts they already had on the books. Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith. Yeah. So Jordan Clarkson's getting paid in the eight-figure range. Oh. I'm I'm not okay with this. I'm hearing Larry Nance is already negotiating his contract extension in Cleveland. What, what has he done to earn that? I'll say I like Larry Nance. You pay him nine million dollars a year. Cool. You're still paying Tristan Thompson. You just locked up Kevin Love. How big do you want to be? I mean, I understand having depth, but why pay him now? I mean, maybe the extension doesn't get done before the season or midway through the season. Maybe this ends up dragging out. But I shouldn't already hear reports from legitimate sources that Larry Nance is already 
very close to getting a contract extension. Why lock your team in this much already when you don't know the direction of your franchise right. for the next year, let alone three, four, five years? Unless they're that supremely confident in Colin Sexton, and while he's a nice player, it, there's no way. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely no way that... I, that's mind-boggling to me. I hadn't seen that, and that's interesting. Um... I mean, like, what what do you do with that lineup? Who are you running out there? Who's yeah. your starting five? Well, I was saying, Corver's getting old. Like, you can't play Kyle Corver 25, 30 minutes. He was having a, a hard time in the playoffs playing yeah. 20 minutes. I know the playoffs is a different level of intensity and all that stuff. But, like, you can't, he can't, like you said, you can't play 25, 30 minutes a game. And he's not putting the ball in the hoop like he yeah. used to either. And what, George Hill? Like, George Hill, in theory, is a really nice player. But... I need to see more out of George Hill when he doesn't have great talent or a great coach around him. Right. His career is good. It's not all-star level whenever he is just on his own and he has to be a leader on a team. He may start next to Colin Sexton because they don't have a lot of options. I hope it works out. But you might be starting dudes like Sam Decker, J.R. Smith. I mean, I really, Sam, Sam Decker draws, dropped Jason Tatum yeah, the other no, night. Yeah, I know those weak Pumas from Terry <laughs> Rozier got Tatum distracted. But, like, David Nawaba, guys who maybe they deserve an NBA roster spot, but not a starting spot on a potential playoff team. Right. That doesn't sound like a team that's going to get it done knowing you have to have quality guard play. You have right. to have quality wing play in today's NBA in order to be a legitimate threat. You can't go back to this twin tower lineup and think it's going to work. It feels like Kevin Love went back to Minnesota when he was just by himself and there was like a whole bunch of question marks around him. Like he's getting paid, which is good, but... I'm like, kind of over this whole Kevin Love Minnesota is what's going to come up this year. Yeah. There's no way... It's been years since he was in that position. He, he aged. Like, yeah. like it's not like he's still 26 right. coming out of Minnesota. He like It's been a few years he hasn't had that kind of responsibility. His minutes last year dropped down to 28 minutes per game. They need him more on that 35-minute per game. That's hard when you're a big man who relies a lot on his legs to get into those jump shots and to really command the glass like they need him to. Because although I like Larry Nance, he is not this very thick guy Mm-mm. who's going to pull down 12 rebounds a game. Tristan Thompson looks like he should, but who knows what kind of Tristan Thompson you're going to get night in, right. night out when it's Tuesday and you are at the new and improved Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> What's Tristan Thompson going to do? He's going to look at Cody Zeller and he's going to be like, yeah, okay. And then he's going to put up like eight, six, and two. Right. So, excuse me for thinking, Cleveland is going to be anywhere near a playoff team this year. Yeah, that's not happening. Okay, moving on to West. Uh, I guess it's me, right? Yeah, step back, you. Step back, okay. <clears throat> and when I say take step back, this is kind of like a nuanced thing like I had with my step forward. Okay. I think Houston's going to take a step back. Kind of hard not to. Uh, yeah, so my whole point about this, this is my only point on this team, is that they are going, they were a top 10 defensive, last, mm-hmm. defensive team last year. They were. They, lo- they lost two of the best wings Uh well, two of their best wings that they've had in a reason, uh, Luak and Mute. I'm sorry if I totally 
just Luke. Luke, <laughs> <laughs> Luke um, uh, Mute. There you so. go. Uh, they they lose those two guys, <clears throat> and when you have forwards in in the West like Kevin Durant and LeBron James now, you have no hope. And you're you're replacing <laughs> them with Carmelo Anthony. Like that's yeah. your that's your game plan. That's your strategy. I like I, James Ennis, but. If you think he's going to be Trevor Reza, I guess you have. Not. I guess you have PJ Tucker still, but like he's thirty-two. Exactly, and it's another minutes thing. I just think this team's got to be not top ten defensively, which is going to hurt. Uh, they might fall back to fifteen to twenty range, which is still not. I mean, it's bottom half of the league, yeah. but it's just not what got them to the conference finals no. and to the one seed. No. Um, a lot of people will look at James Harden and Chris Paul, who's another year older and another yep. injury on those legs. Um, on a big deal now. <laughs> he has to produce. Now, I'm saying, like, they'll probably fall from a one to, like, a three. That's reasonable. That's still a tier one, tier one and a half right. team in the West, but it's not what they were. Right. And I also think they won't be competitive against the Warriors. I just think they lose that step unless they make some big splash. Maybe they come up with Jimmy Butler. I mean, maybe yeah. that's the move, but I don't know what contracts you move. You would have to give up Eric Gordon. And still, yeah. like, that doesn't, Jimmy Butler doesn't really fit that mold of take a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he fits the defensive side of it, I guess, but I just don't see Houston being the same, even close no. to the same. It, like, I think it's going to be Golden State and Boston on the other side. Yeah. Like, I don't see anybody in the West. Like, I think the Lakers might give it a shot a couple times during the regular season. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But other than that, I, I don't see it. Well, I think in the West, too, you have so many strong teams. You can't expect to play your starters every single minute. Like, right. you can't do that. If you do it for a game, that next game, you still have a tough team coming up. You play, let's just throw out there, like, Sacramento's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that. You better hope you catch them on a back-to-back because Sacramento will still punish you. If they're going to play four centers, they'll beat you up. Right. Like, and you're going to beat Sacramento, like, just straight up. But these are teams that, for whatever reason— feel like they should win a game and they're going to compete and they got young dudes who don't know any better and so it's just like you don't even have those super soft teams like I don't think Sacramento's good at all but they're not just going to lay down to you right what happens when you've got to go Clippers one night Denver the next night and then go down to San Antonio in a five-day span like that's hard that's gonna look ugly and when you have no depth their bench is below average it is not a good right. bench anymore you got michael carter williams running your second Oof. unit um that dude's on a non-guaranteed minimum and so, he also can't he doesn't fit the bill of houston he doesn't shoot threes efficiently he, he kind of defends he looks like he should be able to defend in the nba but in to me, if he was as good as Houston's hoping he would be, he wouldn't be a non-guaranteed minimum contract guy he that would Houston be, just scooped up. He would be in that uh, tax-exempt range. Yeah, he would be somewhere maybe in that $5 million range, $4 yeah. million range. Maybe he's partial on him, $3 million. But no, he's at like one and a half. Don't tell me Michael Carter-Williams can come out there and lead a second unit. And, and Gerald he, Green also. And Gerald Green. I mean... <laughs> Love the bunnies, but 
I'm not a believer in that second unit, and you cannot play your starters as much as I think they are underestimating what they're going to have to. And, and Carmelo, like, I, as a Thunder <laughs> fan, I am scarred from last season. <laughs> Carmelo is just not the answer to this issue. Like, yeah. it, it's not, like, he he takes long twos. That's his career. And, like, that's going to frustrate Chris Paul, and maybe they have a good enough relationship that Chris Paul can say, Carmelo, look at me in the eye. You are going to take threes. I mean, <laughs> but, Chris Paul's already standing up for him in the media, which is what you should do. You should stand up for your teammates. Exactly. But, but what if Chris Paul gets hurt? Like, every what if he get, single year Chris what if Paul he, gets hurt? What if he gets another hamstring injury? What, he's 32 now? 33? Let me look this up real quick because, yeah, it's not been great. Because those legs, <clears throat> he's not, I mean, he's not young anymore. He, his legs are older. And, like, there's a reason why he hurt himself yeah. in overtime. What It was overtime, right? I think so. Overtime game in one of the last series of, uh, or one of the last series, yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, it was just wear and tear. And yeah. so, like, I just... I don't know. I'm not high on Houston this year. Now, James Harden can go out and average a triple-double, and they could be the one seed again. Again, but. how does James Harden, though, get better to the point of compensating for where they got worse? Right. He's not going to help that defensive he's, issue that's now He's not going to be defensive player of the no. year. Hey, Spoiler alert, I don't have him <laughs> as defensive player of the Oops. year. Oops. <laughs> um, hey, let me give you these Chris Paul games played. So, this past season, 58 games. Year before that, 61. 74, 82. Okay. 62, 70, 60. Yeah, he's missing 10, 15, 20 games. 20 a games year a now. year is a lot. And That's when like a you month. have no depth, you have James Harden and Eric Gordon really left to handle the ball handling duties. I don't feel confident that then other players can pick up their slack because they're having to focus so much on handling and distributing. Yeah. Who's going to pick up the scoring that then they have to leave just a little bit behind? Are James Harden and Eric Gordon going to get tired? When they're tired, Eric Gordon's had a problem with getting hurt. I hope Eric Gordon stays healthy because he's really fun to watch. He's a, he's I one love of, watching Eric Gordon. When he catches fire, he's as good of a shooter as just about anyone in the NBA. Right. I'm skeptical that when Chris Paul goes down, not if, when Chris Paul yeah. goes down, that Eric Gordon's legs will be able to hold up as much as they're going to need them to. Right. Yeah, so I would put it this way. This is the best way I can sum this up. Houston and Oklahoma City, that gap has gotten a lot smaller oh, this yeah. offseason. Off it's nothing the Thunder has done to make that improve. Mm-hmm. They've gotten some nice pieces, but it's not like they've made a significant yeah. move to make that gap smaller. And Houston has the one been the one to kind of like detract. step down yeah. to where they are. And here's the thing, like Houston's going to win a lot of games. And maybe once the playoff comes around, if they are like a three four seed they might be able to knock off, well, they're the four. They're probably not knocking off Golden State as a one, assuming Golden State has the one. But if they're a three, they can knock off a two. They could do that. And that's not necessarily a knock on Houston only getting the three seed. It might just be they don't win as many regular season games as everyone hopes they will or thinks they might repeat. Right, exactly. Okay, you're, we've beat Houston to death now. Uh, who's your choice for the West? This one's really hard because their best player is one of probably my five favorite players in the league. I'm sorry, Dame. 
No. So, <laughs> Portland is my step back team, and they were a three seed last year. So they overachieved. It's yeah. kind of the same thing. They're not going to get better than the three seed, and I don't think they stay at the three seed. Therefore, you take a step back, right. at least in terms of playoff seeding. At the very least, they're going to take a step back in terms of playoff seeding. They didn't really add anything this offseason, too. No. They stayed pat, which I guess for this next offseason makes sense. But what does that do for Damian and... CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum and the rest they, of that roster. They brought back Yusuf Nurkic, which at the number they got him, around $13 million per year, I guess that's okay. But I don't I don't know how they got better. You're right. At this point in their careers, Dame and CJ kind of are what they are, which is really good players. I think Dame mm-hmm. is a top 10 player in the league. Yeah, fringe, but top 10 player. And CJ is top 30 player in the league. My issues with Portland are that that playoff exit looked really bad against New Orleans last year. They got swept. New Orleans gave them the business in a way that I don't think they ever saw coming. They did not look like they were prepared for that New Orleans team. And that's really concerning because Terry Stotts is a good coach. That team looked like a well-coached team all year. And then you can say Portland was a bad matchup. Fine. They should not have got blown out 4-0. I mean, it didn't look like they belonged on the court half the time. Defensively, they looked lost. And for a team that's big improvement was supposed to be their defense because Dame's going to score. CJ's going to score. Nurkic, his thing, is being able to score. The defense was the step forward, and then it completely fell apart in the playoffs. One, that's concerning. Two, I wonder how that lingers for the other guys. Dame, CJ, they'll move on. They'll come back, and they'll be what we know they can be. It's the everyone else's. It's the Alfarika Moon, Aminu, Evan Turner, Mo Harkless, Myers Leonard. What are those guys going to do (laughs) after just standing to go along with it? Their wing depth is one, it's below average, and two, it's so unproven that I can't buy into it. And this is kind of the same issue as being on with Houston. I don't believe in the backups. Yeah, you can't play Dame. You just can't do that. So let's say they start Dame, CJ, Aminu, and starting Evan Turner. But Evan Turner is not a starter at this point. I don't think so. He's Buffs last year. He looked awful. Yeah, just horrendous. Yeah, he did not deserve. Zach Collins is still a project. I think he can be something, but I don't think you're playing him much with Nurkic. Right. So I'm saying good luck there. They keep wanting to play Caleb Swanigan, which, great story. Love it. This dude is 6'8", 250 pounds, and he's trying to play power forward. I'm sorry, but I don't know what matchup in the West outside of Sacramento where, like, that's a good thing, putting Caleb Swanigan as your power forward. And then what they do in the draft? They drafted Farney Simons, the kid out of IMG Academy, didn't even go to college, and this dude can't wait. So I'm sorry, but I love Dame. I love Dame, and this pains me to say this. But they're taking a step back, and I'm not surprised. They are in what Minnesota had to go through, which mm. was that last game of the year. They're fighting to, to get, get in the playoffs. I ha- I would hate to see that. 
but that might be the reality. This Damian year. Lillard is one of my favorite. I'm I'm right there with you. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. Like it league pass alert. Like he's <laughs> the dude to turn like yeah. those late games out yes. west. Like he's just so fun to watch. Uh, he's electrifying. But uh, I think you're absolutely right. I, I, that, they're Again, not getting the three seed as much There's as no anything. Way. Can they be as good as they were last year record-wise? I don't think so. No. Therefore, you're on the step-back list, and of all these teams in the West, I guess it has to be them. There's right. so many good teams. Someone, either in the playoffs, has to take a step back that was pretty high up, or some team has to fall out where it takes a serious step back in terms of playoff standing. That's where I'm at with Portland. I want them to prove me wrong, but I don't think they will. Yeah. Okay, well, that was a fun conversation to back. Um, let's transition to the seasonal awards. We don't have to spend a ton of time on like no. some of the ancillary ones, like six man and defense player of the year. We no. can really spend most of our time on MVP and rookie of the year. I think probably. Yeah. Uh, I think those will be the most fun to talk about, and we might be on the same page at least for one of them. Let's see. Uh, so, do you want to start with MVP? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Um, yeah, you go. All right. So. I had a hard time because I have two guys that I think are going to win it. I'm going to choose Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, that was my decision okay. too. So, again, new coach. I think Budenholzer will put him in really nice positions. Mm-hmm. I think having a full year with Eric Bledsoe or another year because they got him pretty early on. Yeah. I think that'll be helpful. Brooke Lopez is a nice addition. A big man who's competent. Can you, stretch the four a little bit. You hope... Thon Maker takes a step. Malcolm Brogdon is healthy this year. He right. missed a lot of time. Something has to go right. You mentioned it earlier. Milwaukee, maybe by default, is the step forward team. <laughs> yeah. And by default, that gives Giannis that touch extra push to get him to that MVP award. He He's put on a lot of muscle this year. Yeah, he like, looks. he's gotten big. Um and that helps, I think, in yeah. the long run of 82 games plus playoffs, which I we both think this team is making the playoffs. Pushing yeah. to the basket and running a ball handler who's going to go to the basket a lot, like that helps with Giannis. That he, it just, I feel like this is his year. Like, yeah. and there's a precedent for when they were the six, even though he averaged a triple double. You can still have a spectacular season and win the MVP award. And I it, think they'll be in that three to four range, like I talked mm-hmm. about earlier. So I think I think he does That's come away enough. with MVP. You don't have to play LeBron in the East right. as much. You still have to face him a couple times, mm-hmm. being in the West, but it's not nearly as much. Your seating, therefore, gets better since LeBron is gone. You mentioned that. I like what they did with their draft, picking Dante DiVincenzo, mm-hmm. another floor spacer. If Boonholzer will put Giannis at the four, run out guys like Bledsoe or Brogdon, DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Tony Snell, all dudes who can stretch the floor. Giannis' assist numbers go up. The floor spacing for Giannis goes up. We mentioned Brooke Lopez already. I like what they've put around him now, and I think Budenholzer will make him look like an even better player, which is pretty amazing considering how great he already looked with incompetent coaching. Right. Like, he, it's just like that athletic, I mean, his nickname is Greek Freak. Yeah. That athleticism just is really going to yeah. think. And, and I was trying to think of other MVP candidates, and we can kind of talk about this now that we've talked. You can, you can go through the best. There's going to be so much intention on him in L.A. Like, he could yeah. possibly have a really good season because there's not a lot else there in terms yeah. of scoring. Um, so, 
that could be another candidate. I don't think so because what he's 33, 34. I'll tell you, he's getting up there. And if he gets the Lakers to the 7 8 seed, I'd say that's a success. Yeah. And I don't know if MVP voters correlate that with MVP award success. Right. So that's where I'm kind of off with LeBron for the MVP work. He's still the best player, but the MVP award won't go to him. KD, Steph probably take some games off. Yeah. They might both only play 65 games. And if they're just kind of out there just look like they're playing pickup basketball. Yeah. Just kind of whipping the ball around. Maybe uh, neither Bucky of them have... coming back and yeah. him taking away shots. I mean, like, the shots are going to go yeah. down. I just don't think either one of them will get it. Maybe if just one of them was on the team, then they'll kind of dull each other out. And then here's looking around, like, I thought of dudes like Anthony Davis. Maybe if Boston is what everyone hopes they can be, Kyrie Irving. Well, that's Maybe the a little thing. something like, there. He, he's... Coming off an injury, yeah. He, but like again, it's kind of a crowded team. That mm-hmm. that team is one of probably the deepest in the league. Yeah. If you look at them one through ten, um, Kyrie, Scary Terry, like he might not have to play. Yeah, eighty games or even I'm seventy sure, games. I'm sure Brad Stevens would love to keep his minute total around thirty, thirty-two. Rest him on back-to-backs. Only put him in like seventy games. You just paid Marcus Smart. You have Scary Terry. Knowing he's in a playoff or a contract here, yeah. he's trying to get paid. Right. I haven't got those Pumas on <laughs> now, so you're getting paid some. But and then dudes like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward coming back. Al Horford still has a lot of pride in his game. Maybe Kyrie doesn't get the shot. Maybe he doesn't get the numbers he usually gets. But at the same time, that dude's so clutch. That dude hits all the big (laughs) shots. He has all the highlights. Right. You get his name in enough headlines, I'm sure enough voters will at least consider him. And if this team tries to say, we're going to go for that number Golden State put up, we're going to just demoralize the East, going to beat up on the Orlandos, going to beat up on the Atlantas and win all of those games, and then really try and break Washington, really try and break the Heat. The franchise. Yeah. Then they might shoot for that 60 win. You have to be considered for MVP votes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's I, he's just going to be the dude who takes that step. But, again, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, Giannis could be like, nah, I'm out of Milwaukee yeah. <laughs> in a couple days, and then he's, like, traded to... I could see something going wrong if Boonholzer and him just get off to the wrong start. I think Giannis is too good, though, for Boonholzer to screw that up. Yeah. Boonholzer, I've listened to... He's He made the rounds on a couple podcasts mm-hmm. this summer. He did. Um, and he seems like a grounded dude who yeah. knows what he's talking about. Um, okay, let's talk about Rookie of the Year now. Yes. All right. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll go this time. Yeah. So my Rookie of the Year is going to be Luka Doncic. Yep. We talked about... Is this who you picked, too? No. Okay. So he... <clears throat> the dude... Okay, well, now I know who you picked. <laughs> now thinking through it. Uh, so, I like I said earlier, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities. To, and I think he's going to make people wish they drafted him. Mm-hmm. I think that, that whole process was screwed up. Um, and everything... <laughs> everything. Yep. Uh, Luka Doncic is my Rookie of the Year. And I think it's kind of clear, but... I want to hear your rookie. So, Doncic was definitely... Like, don't get me wrong. He's Mm -hmm. definitely, like, in that top four for me. 
Uh, top five. I don't know where he... I didn't rank one, two, three, four, five, but he's definitely in that top five for me. So other guys I considered were DeAndre Ayton. I think they'll be a little better, but I don't think it's going to be quite him. Luka Doncic might be very close, but maybe Dennis Smith Jr. takes that step forward. DeAndre takes some touches. Harrison Barnes, like we said, likes to have the ball in his hands. Maybe he gets a few more touches. Doncic gets a few less. I don't know if guys who gets a lot of assists, like I think Doncic will, will be the guy who takes the MVP for rookies. Sorry, the Rookie of the Year award. So, the guy I ultimately choose, and you may guess it, dude already brought up, I think Miles Bridges is going to win. <laughs> I'm very much on my... Maybe not right away, but by game 20, game 30, I think Miles Bridges... Mm-hmm. A dude who works alongside Kemba Walker, and then they don't have a ton of other scoring on that team. I mean, in theory, Malik Monk can score. Nicholas Batum is a thing. <laughs> like He's old, though. He's he, really old. He is, and he's he's got a big contract. I think... Michael Jordan, I think Charlotte, James Borrego isn't necessarily going to be like, we have to play Nicholas Batum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're paying him over $20 million a year, but we don't have to play him as a starter. Maybe he still gets 10, 15, 20 minutes a game, but he doesn't have to be the one closing out the game and starting the game. That could be Miles Bridges, as well as having that mentor, though, like Nicholas Batum. Maybe he's not worth $24 million like he's getting paid, but he was a legitimate starter in the NBA for a long time. He was like what he did, not necessarily what he was going to do. Fine. Like, obviously, it's a bad contract now. Miles Bridges is the second best player on that team, the second best scorer for a game. I mean, someone else has to score. Yeah. I think Miles Bridges is somewhere in that 17 point per game. He's got a good NBA body already, so let's say six rebounds and two assists. two assists. I think he'll get some steals. Say one of those, a block a game because of how athletic he is. That dude can recover. If they can just get him in the right positions, James Borrego, I think he's a really good coach. I know he hasn't proven it as an NBA head coach, but he made the rounds the same way Budenholzer does. I very much believe in what he is preaching right now. Miles Bridges will be the second best player on Charlotte a new playoff team, and I think that will get recognized, unlike Doncic, because Dallas won't make the playoffs. Right. If Dallas makes the playoffs and Doncic is the best or second best player on that team, far and away, Luka Doncic. First of all, if Dallas makes the... Uh, Rick Carlisle is coach of the year. Goodness, yes. So, if that happens, I'm all in on Luka Doncic for rookie of the year. I mean, I'm in on Doncic, don't get me wrong. Right. I'm very in on him. For rookie of the year, though, for a team that doesn't make the playoffs... That's hard for me personally to swallow. So making the playoffs, Miles Bridges, why not? Yeah. He's, and he's a little bit older. He's got some more experience. He had a really great college coach. I think Miles Bridges can really do some things this year. My sneaky pick was Lonnie Walker, but now that he's got oh, this yeah, knee yeah. injury, he's yeah. out six to eight weeks. I thought the Spurs were going to give him minutes because who else are they going to give the minutes to? But Miles Bridges has to be it for me. Yeah. You're going to be following the Charlotte Hornets, Charlotte Hornets during this podcast. Let's, let's do it. Um, okay, so let's do some rapid-fire seasonal okay. awards. Um, okay, six man of the year. Who you got? Fred Van Fleet. Okay, I got Dennis Schroeder because I'm a Thunder fan. Yeah, yeah. It's a good pick. Uh, it'll be interesting. We'll see. Fred Van Fleet. I think that's also an interesting pick because Toronto has a really good bench, too. Um, defensive player of the year. 
I guess Kawhi. I guess. Uh, that's who I'm going with, too. Because, like, Draymond's gotten in the last couple seasons. Yeah. I don't know if he can get another season. Again, I wonder how many games he plays. Right. My other dude that I thought of was your boy Andre Roberson. Roberson. He's hurt. He's hurt though. Yeah, I know he's hurt. I know, but if he can come back, and if there's just really not many other great candidates, I mean, I guess you got to throw Rudy Gobert in there again. Health. It seems like all these dudes for the player there. It's are they going to be on the court? Are they not? Talks a little bit about how the toll of the NBA really has on a player's body. It's a physical body. league. Especially if you're trying to be the best defensive player and you're trying to lock up the number one dude. For me, I guess I had to go with Kawhi because I didn't see any other great options. As long there. as he's locked in. Yeah. If he, if he becomes disengaged, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most improved player of the year. <laughs> you start this one off. Okay. So, I, went, I, I, I was thinking, I was like, the Nets? How about yeah. the Nets? They could make the playoffs this they year. Might. I'm going with Jared Allen on this one. I know it's a weird pick, but like, I think he's ready for a step this year. I don't, I don't know if we'll see like a Victor Oladipo type step. Oh no, no, no! But I mean, he's going to be the starting center. Like he just kind of is. I think he's got enough of a mid-range game. He finishes lobs. He gets a full year with guys like D'Angelo Russell. They brought in some other dudes like Alan Crabb. Another year in the system. Why not? I get that pick. Spencer Dinwiddie. I like Spencer yes. Dinwiddie a lot. Uh, who's your most improved? <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this as a as a Boston fan, but... Because it can't get any worse. Markel Fultz. <laughs> it literally can't get any worse. Oh. So, if he has a semblance of a jump shot, they're talking about starting they, I've this heard, year. I, I've heard that he is the starter. Yeah. They said, J.J. Redick, you're coming off the bench, buddy. Which, I'm very surprised because I really like J.J. Redick. And he was talking... He hit all of his shots. Yeah. No, he's a very good shooter. He's exactly what that team needs. They think Markel Fultz can also be that type of shooter. Obviously, no one's going to be J- can expect him to be J.J. Redick right. as a shooter this first year, but a pull-up shooter. A guy who come off screens who can be a most improved player. I think for that team, it works. Joel Embiid. As someone was pointing out, I think on another podcast, not that I'm just like riffing ideas here, but um, I think it's they, they need him, and they need him to develop a jump shot if they want to win multiple championship states of the world he has to be the dude he has to hit threes he has to jump to the nba finals markel fultz has the potential to i'm not saying he gets in there this year but i think he looks so improved and just the mindset that people have about him of this dude had a broken jump shot and if it can be average if it can be league average i think people will almost give it to him out of sympathy yeah (laughs) hey whatever most improved player markel fultz that's interesting okay um do you have any other seasonal awards you want to talk about no, not really. I think that covers about all the ones that I really care about. I mean, Coach of the Year is probably going to be Brad Stevens. Like, he was kind of robbed last year. Even yeah, though Dwayne, Dwayne Casey, Casey. Got, got it. And then Toronto tweeting yeah. out after they fired yeah, know, him. Congratulations, Coach. What a freaking train. <laughs> um, Have fun in Detroit. Uh, anyway. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's talk playoffs. Let's talk end of the season. We're talking playoffs. Um, okay. Do you, okay. So, how do you want to do this? You want to do one, two, like give our top three. Sure. And then three, and then two. So we'll give our 
one, two, and three in no particular order. Okay. And then our next three in no particular order. Kind of going on a tier yeah. system. So, like, one through three, these are teams that would think will be in one through three okay. in no particular order, four, five, four through six, and then our last two yeah. that are in. Okay. Um, okay. Um, do you want to start with one through three first? Yeah, do you want to do East? Yeah, let's do East first. Right. Let's keep East Coast. So these top three, I think, should be pretty standard across and debate the order, I'm sure, of that. But in terms of talent, I think that's six. <laughs> Jason Tatum is the second coming. He takes a next step. Like, the next step. He was really good last year. Well, I know we've talked about this off mic before. He is a knockdown shooter. I don't think anyone expected how good of a catch-and-shoot guy he was going to be. I mean, that's fair. He didn't show that much at Duke. Reasonable expectation. This dude was, like, in the 93rd percentile on catch-and-shoots. Like, it was very ridiculous how good he was. Maybe those numbers slightly drop, but he carries weight now when he's on the floor. Teams have to plan for him. They're not just going to keep thinking, like, he'll hit the rookie wall, he'll hit the rookie wall. No, he is here. If they can figure out the minutes with Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie, Marcus, Terry Rozier, this team is so good, Mm. and they should dominate the Eastern Conference at the same time, Toronto has so much talent. Philly has so much talent. They just haven't put it together quite to the level that Boston has with the team they're bringing back. Right. Yeah, I I, I have that same order too. Celtics, 76ers, and Raptors. Yeah. Um, and again, no particular order. That's one through three. Um, and I just think it's going to be an interesting season for these top three teams. Celtics... They could solidify themselves as the next Golden State in this next season. Or Kyrie could get injured. Gordon Hayward could get injured again. And then things could turn south very quickly for this team. Gordon Hayward hasn't looked like the Gordon Hayward we hoped he would be when we saw season. I know that he does not look like he needs to be starting right now. He looks like he needs to be back in, maybe start him closer to the All-Star break. I'm going to trust Brad Stevens to figure that out. 60-65 wins. Might drop down to forty-five to fifty-five wins, which is still forty-five to fifty-five is still very it's a good. Very good team. Very good, but it's a lot. It's a different tier than a sixty to sixty-five yeah. win team. Um, it, the 76ers are the same thing. I would like to see Joel Embiid play close to a full season. Yeah. Of course, if Brett Brown's smart, which he is, he's not going to play him a full season. He's probably going to play him close to like seventy-five. 70 to 75 games. I think that's probably a good good amount. Yeah. Good amount of games for him. I mean, he stepped up to 63 this year. I mean, so, that's an improvement from the other two seasons. I would say, I, I, I don't think you can count on more than that still at this point. Yeah. But I heard J.J. Reddick talking about how Joel likes to milk it a yeah. little bit. <laughs> sell, sell it for Not the Not saying like he's, he's intentionally missing games by any means, but I think Philly still needs to be careful. What kind of minutes they're right. getting? How many games are? Playing. I mean, uh, Ben Simmons missed a full season. I he know has. that seems to be like a seventy sixer thing, but you have to be very careful with yeah. these kind of things. Kevin Durant could have not come back from that foot injury the way he did, but he did. I, I just feel like these lingering in- injuries wear and tear. You have an eighty two yeah. game season. It's not like you get a long break either. Nope. The summer is very short. I don't know. It, it's just kind of interesting. 
you that, have to put them in this tier to start right. the year. But don't be surprised if the seeding doesn't necessarily match up by the end right. because of these type of things. Right. Okay. So Celtics, 76ers, Raptors are one through yeah. three. Um, are- Pacers, Bucks, Heat. Okay. Heat with the idea that the Jimmy trade comes through. Okay. So I have. I'm just gonna get mine because yeah, two of our three. So I have the Bucks, Pacers, and Wizards. Okay. Um, and I probably would narrow down the Wizards down to the last spot. Yeah. Uh, and then the other two kind of debatable. We've talked about the Bucks a lot. Yeah. We really haven't mentioned the Pacers all that much, even They're though they the were the most uninteresting playoff team. Yeah. I feel like they're just gonna be there. You and know what you get from them. Yeah. Victor Oladipo took that huge step, which I can't imagine he takes another step similar to that. He, he again, might be a default candidate for regression because I don't know how much better it gets. Right. And that's fine. I mean, the first half of the year going into the All-Star break, he was shooting like 60% true shooting percentage. That's ridiculous. Post-All-Star break, he was just a touch under league average. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right. above average. I think he's still going to be a good player, but it's going to be unreasonable to think that they're going to take a huge step. Right. I, I I had DeMontis Sabonis as an interesting, most improved player. Oh, yeah. Um, he was on my short list. But um, th- that team's kind of interesting. It, it, I don't – they're probably better talent-wise than the Bucks all around, complete, from top top to bottom. Um, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how those two teams play out and how close they are. Uh, we talked. We kind of talked about that gap between Houston and Golden State, and like the rest of the rest yeah. of the West. It'll be interesting to see how those two teams really sh- shrink that gap. Yes. Um, and you had Miami there. Do you yeah. have any like what? What it like again? What with the caveat that Butler trade goes yes. through. If the Butler trade doesn't go through, I can still see them making the playoffs. But if he does come through and he comes through early enough. They could be closer to the four spot. If he comes in around the trade deadline, it might be more on the six spot. It could go either way. And again, I'm assuming he gets there. But even if he doesn't get there, Drogic is still a good NBA point guard. Not saying he's great. He's a good point guard. Eric Spolstra is a very competent coach. Yes, I like him. He's he's a top 10 NBA coach. (laughs) You have some good pieces. Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow is kind of a thing. Better than a lot of the people from that draft class ended up right. being. You have dudes, Tyler Johnson, overpaid, but still a good NBA player. Bam Adebayo, really fun young player. Hassan Whiteside gets a terrible rap. He's not a bad player. He just has a bad attitude. He's and just he's, bad blocker. And he doesn't presence. fit well in the modern NBA for what they have him doing. I like Kelly Olenek. They have some good pieces. They just don't have the star. Dion right. Waiters kind of looked like a Waiters player, <laughs> but he has to be on the floor. Right. He's so, been injured for like a season and a half, which is a huge issue for it that is. team. So they're a team that I think will make the playoffs. Jimmy could catapult them mm. into that tier one, tier one and a half yeah. of the East. But at the same time, even without him, I think they still get in there. Mm-hmm. So right now, if I had to put them in numerical order, they are, they're going to be at a six. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a four. I wouldn't be surprised if they're an eight. 
So I'm going to give my um, seven and eight yeah, here first. Um, because, one, we talked just talked about Miami. That's one okay. of them. And my second one is get on the Jarrett Allen train because okay. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets are making the playoffs this year as an eight yeah. seed. Get, get Detroit out of here. They're, Reggie Jackson, get out of here. He's garbage. I thought about Detroit. I thought about Brooklyn. I, I couldn't get them there. Again, I'm off Detroit. Yeah. I'm not on that bandwagon. We just talked about you not – you don't want to do the Twin Tower thing. It you doesn't do, work. And Andre Drummond was having his best year, and then you brought in Blake Griffin, and all of a sudden it seemed to be that Andre Drummond shrunk back into this very limited role. Whenever he was getting the ball more, like he was very successful with it. It's not like he was having all these turnovers. He was having a pretty good assist rate. Like He was doing well with the ball. And then Blake Griffin just took it away. And Blake Griffin's Blake not Griffin an efficient needs player. The, needs the ball to do his thing. He does. And He's high just, post and kind of a low post player, but back to the basket. Like That doesn't really fit NBA. And who's shooting around I was around like, Andre him? Drummond cannot space the floor for Blake. That's very clear. And, okay, fine. You don't have a foul. It's not a floor spacer right. for Brooklyn. But they put the pieces around him to make it work. Detroit profile, dude. Sell seats. Okay. Fine, sell seats, sell jerseys, coach of the year. I don't know if they make the playoffs in his first year with the team. Yeah. Again, I'm on I'm on Charlotte. Yeah. I have them as more like the seven. Okay. And so I'm not trying to be super unreasonable with Charlotte. Right. But they're getting in, I think it's a seven. And then the eight team we've talked a little bit about, my dif- dysfunction team, my step-back team is Washington. Oh. Washington gets in. They're the eight. Brad Beal is too good. Yeah. John Wall, for what he is, yeah, he's overpaid. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the attitude. He's still really good. Yeah. He's still a very good NBA point guard. Top 10 point guard, for sure. If we say guards win games, guards take you places more so than big men will, he keeps them in the playoffs. Yeah. You sign guys like Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre's playing for a big contract. Troy Brown, maybe he's something, maybe he's not. Okay. I think Scott Brooks can get them to the eight seed. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same. Dwight Howard's probably not on this team at the end of the year. In my Do you opinion. think he gets traded again? Why does he have to get in 10? But kind of by default, I put him in the playoffs. Dang. I can't say I disagree because I have them as six, and like they're not. I don't see them getting any higher than the six. No, no, no. And we had this problem when we were planning out this pod. Is I don't feel like there's more than like five or six teams in the East that right. deserve to make the playoffs. Right. But then we had the opposite problem in the West. So I'm throwing Washington in there. Miami's getting in there. Charlotte's getting in there because someone has to. Okay. I think they'll all be over 500, maybe only by a game, but they'll all get to 500 or so. They won't be this terrible 34-win team, 36-win team in the playoffs. But it's fine. Washington, you can get in. Yeah, fine. Fine. You can get in. That's how I feel about Washington. Okay, let's uh, let's do the West, and yes. then let's let's end this podcast, because we've been talking for a long Oops. time. Uh, and this is what this podcast will be, so hopefully you enjoy it. Um, so, uh, I'll start with the West. Yeah. Alright, so my one through three are the Warriors, Jazz, and Rockets. Mm, okay. Um, 
And you kind of heard my thoughts on the Rockets earlier. Yeah, yeah. The Jazz are going to be phenomenal defensively. As long as everyone can stay healthy, I'm really high on Donovan Mitchell. I thought he should have been rookie year because he's a rookie last year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's, I just think. He what he did in his rookie year is very rare, and there were two other people who did it in the in the league, which yeah. is crazy. Um, I just really th- I I like Donovan Mayer, um, and just some of the other pieces they have around that. Joe Ingles. Joe, he's kind of like that Boris Diaw type who yes. just like can play really any position. You the modern shooter. threes. That dude's like a forty-four percent three-point shooter. He every and shot. consistently year year every single year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see as long again. When Rudy Gobert was hurt, this team wasn't nearly as no, good. No, no, no. They were bad. They did not look like a playoff team with him off the floor, which makes sense. You had a rookie in the first half of his first season <laughs> right. leading this team with the best player at the time, the best player right. out. Donovan Mitchell will learn, learn to be in the NBA by getting thrown in the deep end and he saying did. swim in the toughest conference in the league right yeah. now, in he the deepest that, conference. And, and he made it to, he helped them get to the three seed. Granted, Rudy, Rudy Gobert came back in the after all-star yeah. break and they played phenomenally and they fought, fought their way to the three seed. Um, Anyway, that's my three. What are your three? So, Oklahoma City. Wow! Yeah. You're optimistic on Oklahoma City. Okay. Oh, (laughs) Anthony. Um, Again, as a Boston fan, it was cool watching him play in New York. That was an easy few wins. I think it's so clear what they want to do, and I'm very big on knowing your role, knowing what your responsibility is, having dudes who know what they're supposed to be doing, knowing where they're supposed to be on the court. And not having to force the issue so much. I feel like they were having to force Carmelo the shots he needed to be an active participant on that team. Hurt them. Yeah. Paul George, if he can stay healthy. Again, I hate that we have to say, if they can stay healthy, they can stay healthy. But it's been a problem for so many of these players. Paul George, Russell Westbrook. I think Roberson can come back, be healthy. They were a top five defensive team with Roberson and... the starting five of uh, Westbrook, Roberson, uh, George, Anthony, and Adams. In the month of December, they were undefeated. Yeah. Steven Adams is a fun player. I think, like, you look at his contract at the time, you thought he was getting overpaid. It no, he's very much worth it. He, he he earned his contract last yeah. year. Um, Toughest guy in the NBA, according to the GM survey. And, and Yeah. And you had Dennis Schroeder, who seems to be bought in. Mm-hmm. You, you go out and trade for him, which was really smart. Um, get some of that salary cap out of the way with Carmelo, who yeah. wasn't going to serve what you needed. No. Um, so that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Three. Three. Okay. Uh, okay. Then you give the four through six. So I mentioned them earlier. Denver. Okay. Denver's going to take that step up. Utah's in this lot of good teams. Maybe they don't steal quite as many as they did last year. And then got to go ahead and throw it out there. L.A. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, not the Clippers. Yeah. Just <laughs> clarify that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think this is the tier LeBron gets him to. Probably more as this two. Okay, so I'm going to say mine now, too, because two of our three overlapped. I think the Thunder more towards the four, maybe five. And I also think the Lakers are finding their way in between there. I I think going out and getting IT, um, if he can be healthy and Mm -hmm. coming off the bench, like, and he doesn't have to play, I think that can create some interesting lineups to close out, out your... 
games. Yeah, and again, playing for a contract. Right. He is not a minimum contract dude, but it's where he is right now, and I think he comes out, gets healthy, he prioritizes getting healthy, and then coming out and balling. Well, what did he say a couple seasons ago? You got to back up the Brinks truck. Yeah. That's one of my favorite quotes of all time coming out You can out still of get game. that, dude. Just fill it with pennies. <laughs> like the... <laughs> They, the uh, I think the Nuggets are an interesting team this year. NBA, yeah, like there's no in between for them. Yeah, and I hate that. I difference. hate to pit fun core, but it just seems like you gotta poop or get off the pot yeah. at some point, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we're bringing to the table here, folks. <laughs> but no, it's a good point though. It really is. That's I think Denver's there. I think Denver's ready for that. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, so um, who's your seven and eight? So, seven's New Orleans. Okay. Okay, so I already told you Anthony Davis is my number two for MVP. I think he's a really good player, like Drew Holiday. I think that they have a nice little system going on. And then my eight, and I don't feel confident in this, San Antonio. Okay. So, kind of on the the theory of you basically didn't have Kawhi. You lost Danny Green. You lost Kyle Anderson. You gained Jakob Pertle, and oh yeah, you gained DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> Who's going to go on a revenge tour? Yeah, so Kawhi didn't play. Right. And I don't know if he would have stayed, if he would have, and who knows. Would that, I'll bet on him. Mm, yeah. I don't know how much, but I'll bet on him. But They this, haven't missed the playoffs in like, what, 15 seasons? Feels like it, yeah. And so that bigger problem to me isn't what the Spurs are. It's that the fact I had to leave out Portland. Yeah. I didn't have Portland in the playoffs. And again, Dame is one of my favorite players, and he can carry a team. But this West is so loaded. And adding DeMar to a team that essentially didn't have a star last year. LaMarcus Aldridge still a thing. I like Jakob Pertl. Pau Gasol can still give you something. I guess Portland, for me, is the odd man out, and that really pains me to say. So I, I went with... The Spurs as well in one of my okay. last teams. I think I'm kind of high on the Spurs in terms of, like, DeMar's going to prove something this season. Yeah. He has something to prove. And that team, that while they lost slow-mo, uh, Kyle Anderson, what, what a great nickname, by I the know. way. And they you. lost some other pieces that I like. I think they still have Patty Mills. Uh, They're high on DeJounte Murray. DeJounte they Murray. Think his jump shot is fixed now. DeJounte Murray was second team all NBA or defensive all NBA yeah, last season. He was. Which doesn't happen. as a as a rookie or second year. I'll say he's 21, I think. He's super young. He could be in defensive player of the year conversations. Yeah. If he's healthy, like the dude plays really well, plays hard, and I feel like the Spurs just will out system you. Yeah. Like they have a system, they have we're going to be fundamentals. We're not going to turn the ball over. We're going to shoot threes. We're going to shoot efficient threes. Yeah. Um, and we're going to hit layups. And LaMarcus Aldridge, he kind of found his stripe last year he without did. Kawhi. He's figured it out. Um, and I think he's bought in. And if Tamar's bought in, yeah. that team could be a pain in the butt for one of those top-tier teams I'd when it comes around to the playoffs. Yeah, I'd say if we haven't went to eight, playing Golden State in the first round... 
yeah, Golden State's going to win it. But if Golden State comes out kind of lazy, if Steph game Curry's one, hurt. game two, another ankle injury, I mean, the Spurs could at least mix it up with them. And I'm sure DeMar wants a crack because he hasn't gotten that crack right. yet with Golden State in the playoffs, even though he was pretty confident and felt pretty good last year about getting that shot. Didn't get it. Prove that you should have gotten that spot. LeBron was just LeBron. Right. Too much. Um, and, and then... As my one of my last teams here, I have the Trailblazers. Mm. So I'm leaving out New Orleans, who was a big push in that playoff run. He was. And I also think, unfortunately, Anthony Davis will be hurt because that seems to be a theme with all these superstars, especially the big men. Especially big. A couple, maybe a week ago now, that it's saying like he's not going to be with the Pelicans after the season. Well, I signed so like the whole clutch sports. Yeah, LeBron's agency. You think you don't do that if you're trying to stay in New Orleans, which I get, but I don't know if he's the type of guy that's going to force his way out this year. I don't think so. Yeah. I just don't see New Orleans staying what they were. And I mean, Anthony Davis was so good last year and I love that mentality he took. He kind of took, he said it himself, like, I have to be like Russell Westbrook. Like, I'm going to shoot the ball like maybe 25 to 30 times a game, yeah. but I'm scoring 45 points. Like, I'm just going to score, and That's no one's going to stop me. Stop me. Um, and and they, no one can. They, they might make the playoffs based off that, but I have a hard time believing that he's going to be healthy for them long enough because even if he misses, let's say, a month early on, let's say from right after Christmas to sometime in mid-January. Yeah. That's a long stretch, and being in the West, like we've talked about, is so deep. You don't have any easy wins anymore. Like, you might be able to go to Orlando for one night and get a win, but then you're traveling up to Boston. Like, I just don't know. Those interconference games, you hope you can steal them, but you only get 30 a year. Right. And, I mean, you have to play those tough teams still. It's going to get really hard for New Orleans if Anthony Davis is out. And it's almost an obvious thing to say. Your best player's hurt. Yeah, you're probably going to struggle a little bit. But he means so much to that team that there's not a lot of other options. Drew Holiday, we said, good player, but you don't know if he can carry. Because he's never really had to do that before. Right. So... And I also think Damien is just one of those dudes who says, no, we're making the playoffs yeah. this year. Even if it's – and at some point, I would think that he would say, all right, I've had enough of this. Like, I need to team up with someone else or mm-hmm. get out of this situation or we need yeah. to figure out a way to bring someone in, trade someone yeah. in. Because Portland's not getting anybody in free agency. Oh, no. But that's a bigger topic for another time. And we've beaten this preseason uh, – well, season preview to death. Um it's been a lot of fun, Matt. I'm glad this like is episode one, episode one. This is a lot of fun. We'll work out some of the kinks. We'll figure some of this stuff out. But I'm feeling pretty good about how this went. That's this good. Is good. Number one. Yeah, season or season one, episode one. One and zero. One and zero. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to add, or got any thoughts before you want to leave? Before we leave, I guess. Um, not really. Again, give me Charlotte. <laughs> You're on the Charlotte bandwagon. And a quick reminder, follow us at NBA Couch GM Pod uh, on Twitter. You'll be able to get all that. Maybe some fun gifts. Who knows? We'll be twi- <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go to – I think we've we talked about going to a couple NBA games. Oh, I hope on, so. On the, uh, we, 
we live in an area where we can possibly go to a couple of NBA games. So that'll be fun. That'll be exciting. And we'll have to podcast like right after we get out Definitely. of this. Kid. Um, thank you for listening to episode one. Uh, again, I'm Ryan Parker. That's Matt Chandler. And we'll see you back for the next episode.